The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of Aussie-made on-demand videos to help you look to God daily. Be challenged by a series of apologetic interviews produced by Creation Ministries International and inspired by Helping Hands, which showcases people and organisations who make the world a better place. There are new videos being added every week in the free Vision Christian Media app. Just tap the Watch tab to see the growing selection. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. A little over five years ago, in the little town of Belgrave Heights, east of Melbourne, a new movement was born. A group of indigenous Christians from places as remote as Catherine in the Northern Territory and north from Brisbane in Queensland discovered that they had some things in common. They formed what has become known as the Grass Tree Gathering, The momentum has continued to grow and with the growing unrest and activism that's begun to surround important historic days like Australia Day and awareness of some of the dreadful atrocities in Australia's history, you might wonder where First Australian Christian leaders stand. Well, our privilege today to welcome one of Australia's great Aboriginal Christian leaders, Auntie Jean Phillips. Auntie Jean Phillips is the visionary behind the Grass Tree Gathering and has endorsement by senior Aboriginal Christian leaders. It's grown to a 200-plus strong network of Aboriginal Christian leaders. And she's just walked into the studio, and I want to say a very, very special welcome to you, Auntie Jean. Thank you. Auntie Auntie Jean, uh, having only just arrived, and uh, we thought we were uh, going to be a little delayed there, there's someone else I want to introduce into the conversation too, and that is Brooke Prentice. Brooke is the Aboriginal spokesperson for Common Grace. Now, it's a growing movement of over 40,000 Australian Christians passionate about Jesus and justice. Uh, Brooke, a special welcome to 2020 to you. Thanks very much. Uh, Brooke, uh, just wonderful to have you and uh, Auntie Jean, who is in the studio. And just uh, bear with me for just a few moments. But, uh, but Brooke, uh, let's just quickly talk about Grass Tree, the Grass Tree Gathering. Auntie Jean's be- behind that. But, Brooke, you were there at that very first gathering. Yeah, so I had just started running um, an Aboriginal church uh, and um, I became a Christian at 21 uh, and... Um, had not met many other Aboriginal Christians within my own denomination. And anyway, I found this thing online that said the Grass Tree Gathering and uh, a friend put me in touch with them and I went along to the very first one and um, it was just before the Surrender Conference in Melbourne, which I hadn't heard of either. Uh, And yeah, my whole world opened up as I met um, another 60 Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders from all across Australia and all different denominations. Um, And then uh, it was after that grass tree gathering, some of the people that had helped Aunty Jean to coordinate that first one 
couldn't help her anymore. And so I um, said to Arnie Jean, it was so life-changing for me that we had to keep it going and that I would help her to um, continue that work as the coordinator of the Grass Tree Gathering. Well, Auntie Jean, in the studio with us, and we've got you settled in now, Auntie Jean. Uh, wonderful privilege to have you here. You were the visionary behind the Grass Tree Gathering. What was going on in the lead-up to that that you said, we need to get Christian Aboriginal leaders together? What was happening in those days? Well, World Vision did that for a number of years with uh, many of our Christian leaders, and of course many of them have passed on now and is in heaven, and uh, but some of the others um, who continued in, on in ministry uh, here um, said, look, we should continue on with bringing Aboriginal Christian leaders together. Who's going to co- coordinate it? Like so many folk, you can do it or you could do it. <laughs> anyway, to make a long story short, I was the one that ended up with it, with with the blessing of, I must say, uh, with some of the Aboriginal pastors who've been involved in ministry for a long, long time, and they said, well, uh, at that time I was on the board of Evangelical Alliance, Christian organisation in Melbourne, uh, which I served on for about nine years. <clears throat> and uh, they came and gave it its blessings, as well as uh, uh, Tear and, and some other Christian groups mainly just uh, in in words, but we had to find all the resources to be able to bring uh, that gathering together. And that was some years ago. That's when I first met Brooke, or she met me, plus a number of other Aboriginal and Christian leaders. And um, some of the folk from uh, the organization in Melbourne that Brooke just mentioned, uh, Surrender, they came on board and helped me to be able to um, bring that gathering together. Auntie Jean, it seems like common sense, doesn't it, that if you are looking to empower the next generation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders, you have to be able to bring everyone together. That's why this is so significant, because you've got a focal point, a gathering place, and when the gathering place happens... Uh, give us a little insight into to what happens. Do you just have a, a set of guest speakers? Uh, is there time of praise and worship? Uh, how does it all look when you get together? Well, maybe you should also ask Brooke that because she was one of the participants. Get ready, Brooke, because I'll bring you in on this in just a few moments. <laughs> um, yes, well, um, there was um, Pastor Billy Williams, who's now connected with the Baptist Church, uh, Richmond Downs Baptist. He was the one that first came on to help me out. Well, he was there bringing, well, at the gathering, and him and some of the other Aboriginal pastors got together and started speaking with some of the young folk. Um, my role, too, at that stage was to help to get all the food and everything together because we didn't have very much resources. I think we bought that gathering together uh, with all the costs for around about $30,000, which wasn't too bad uh, at that time, uh, seeing that nobody had any money and there wasn't many people offering much money because they didn't know very much about it. But the Lord uh, wonderfully uh, provided. But that was just just the beginning and um, we didn't expect 
I didn't expect everything to be perfect at that stage, but at least we were able to get through it. And I think the wonderful thing is that so many of them got to know about it, our folk, and talk together and to find that, well, I suppose, what is, what is their future in Christian ministry? Well, Brooke, let's bring you in here because just hearing, and I'm just hearing a humble heartbeat from Auntie Jean who said, you know, I had this sort of visionary idea to have a gathering and really the primary workload that I had was getting the food together. And uh, and so I'm excited about that because there's something very, uh, very significant in doing those humble things that helps to facilitate something bigger than you can imagine. Uh, your thoughts on, on just what happens at a gathering like that. I mean, something must have switched a light on inside you, Brooke. Uh, take us back to the change that happened when you realized that you could get into this group and and uh, they were uh, people of common purpose to you. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I said before that it was life-changing, um, some of those things that were life-changing were that um, we often feel quite isolated in our ministries and that was my experience. I only knew within my denomination another two Aboriginal Christian leaders um, and so, you know, Arnie Jean um, and others have been an amazing example of working together um, across the denominations and working ecumenically. And so Grass Tree helped to open up my whole ecumenical world, both from an Aboriginal perspective and a non-Aboriginal perspective, you know, um, uh, we need everyone on the journey with you and it doesn't matter which denomination that you come from and um, I think it's unfortunate that so many people just can't capture the vision as to why Aboriginal Christian leadership is so important um, not only to the Australian church but actually to our nation as well and so, you know, it's just whoever wants to come on the journey with us um, but then, you know, and Arnie Jean, we can always guarantee that she will make sure that we've got enough food to be fed um, but she's also one of our most senior Aboriginal Christian leaders across Australia of any denomination um, and with over 60 years of ministry uh, during some really tough times for us as the younger generation. I mean, we still experience racism and lack of funding for Aboriginal Christian ministry uh, and all of those things that the ones that have gone before us have fought for for years and years, well, decades, really. Um, but how to, you know, Arnie Jean can pass on to us how to still, through all those trials and tribulations, still to faithfully follow Jesus. Um, and it's not just following Jesus, it's following Jesus as as leaders and um, in ministry. Uh, and, you know, that's a, a tough, long road. Uh, but, you know, um, Jesus is so big and he's walking there beside us. And so that's a great uh, inspiration to us. And then also the other life-changing thing for me about Grass Tree is that we got to be taught by those Aboriginal Christian leaders that have gone before us. So, you know, um, Uncle Reverend Graham Paulson, um, the first uh, Aboriginal Baptist minister that was ordained uh, in Australia, um, and for him to teach us theology. Uncle Ray Minicon, another great theologian, to teach us theology um, and about leadership. And, uh, you know, many of us are leaders in our community uh, as younger people as well, but to see that um, in terms of a foundation that's biblical as well as a foundation that's Aboriginal uh, is was just life-changing for all of us and that's what helps to, to bring us together and bind us together um, as fellow leaders uh, yeah, right across Australia. 
Auntie Jean, not everyone listening will be very familiar with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander culture. And uh, to know the place that a woman has in leadership, it does seem to be really quite powerful. I wonder if you can let us in on uh, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander culture and the very powerful role that women have in that cultural environment and this wonderful capacity you have uh, to bring people together in that sense of leadership. What are your thoughts on uh, on, on just letting us in on some of those background-type details? Well, I came from Cherbourg. That's one of the communities here in uh, southeast Queensland. And um, the last couple of Sundays, uh, being Aboriginal Sunday, uh, I was asked to speak on uh, the impact that women had made on, on my life. And I want to say there in the Sherberg Church, which was the biggest Aboriginal church in this country, we had the biggest Christian endeavor in the state. We mm-hmm. had the biggest Sunday school in, in the state. And there are people still in Brisbane today, like Adi Ruth Hegarty, who's on the north side of Brisbane, where she's at a Baptist church and been there for about 50 years. She came out of Sherberg. Auntie Nellie O'Chin, who's down at Coffs Harbour, living with her daughter, but she's not well. She came out of the Sherberg Church. But those women, as well as myself, will tell you that we were grounded by the women there in our church at Sherberg. And Pastor David Kirk, who grew up in Sherberg and from the Sherberg Church, was one of our great Aboriginal Christian leaders in this country. And he was a man of vision. And he really encouraged us women. He encouraged me and he said, if you sit back, you'll never do anything and we'll never go places. So you all got to get up and, and do something. And he wasn't one of these Aboriginal pastors or a, a pastor in this country who was anti-women. He encouraged myself and other Aboriginal women to, to rise up and to take on leadership. And we had as much responsibility as the men folk in reaching out to our folk. And I want to say down through the years, we've had some wonderful, wonderful Aboriginal Christian women right across this country who's been doing wonderful things in Aboriginal Christian ministry. They were doing it outside the church, Aboriginal women, but they're also doing it inside the church. And it's sad to say many churches today do not give Aboriginal, uh, do not give women uh, that kind of opportunity. But our men in the past, uh, they didn't take that on. They encouraged the women to play their part. Now, I want to remind our guests, Auntie Jean Phillips and also Brooke Prentice, but remind listeners to our conversation today too that while Vision Christian Radio is in more than 700 cities, towns and communities right around Australia, about 40 of those communities are primarily Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. And so there are people who are listening to our conversation today, no doubt, who are hanging on every word and wondering how they might be able to link with what's happening with the Grass Tree Gathering. I wonder whether, uh, Brooke Prentice, uh, to bring you into that, I mean, if we're having a conversation like this today, talking about a growing movement, and we haven't begun yet to talk about Common Grace, which is the movement that you are spokesperson for, but uh, your thoughts for 
those people who are not only Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander, but those who are non-Indigenous Australians who are wanting to be a part of what God is doing here. What are your thoughts for those people who are listening into our conversation today? Yeah, well, I think, um, as I said before, about feeling very isolated within my denomination and not knowing any Aboriginal Christian leaders and then finding out the stories of those Aboriginal Christian leaders that have gone before and how they worked across those denominational boundaries. Um, and I mean, even for non-Aboriginal Christians listening, it's so hard to get non-Aboriginal Christians out of even their own congregational context. And it's like, come, let's all mix up. We're all part of God's family. Uh, and if we just stay with our own little circles, then we don't get to grow the kingdom bigger um, and stronger and deeper and, and have a greater sense of connection with one another. Uh, but within my denomination, not knowing other Aboriginal Christians, um, I was like, well, hang on, am I the only one? And of course you're not the only one. And so, but the denominations and the churches are not bringing us together. Uh, and so that's why you know, I was so grateful for Arnie Jean just for getting on and with it and bringing us together. And that's why we're a growing movement because as more Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christians find out about Grass Tree, then we can connect up with each other and that sense of isolation um, can reduce uh you know, even after, um, so we've had four gatherings in the six years. Um, and after each one, like, you know, you've got someone to pick up the phone to and have a yarn because they've been through the same situation. You know, like my church, um, uh, the funding was taken away from the denomination and the, the Aboriginal church closed, um, which was devastating. But you've got others in that situation that I can pick up the phone to and, um, you know, cry with and celebrate what we did in that ministry together as well uh, and, you know, to share our challenges and, and how to approach different things. Um, yeah, and then, you know, with Grass Tree, it's really been um, individual Christians whose hearts and minds have been moved um, to give uh, to the Grass Tree gathering so that we can bring each um, bring people together. And, you know, Grass Tree is an amazing example of self-determination. It's Aboriginal-dreamed, Aboriginal-led, Aboriginal-fundraised. Uh, and so it's a great example um, for the churches. And we'd love more and more people to get behind us. And if you're an Aboriginal Christian leader out there listening and, you know, you're feeling isolated and want to get connected up, um, you can get connected up. We've now got, we're on Facebook um, at Grass Tree Gathering, one word. Um, we've got a website page, grasstreegathering.org.au. And so, you know, we're just slowly starting to, to spread that message. And when they closed the Aboriginal church that I was running, I said to the denomination, I said, the one thing that you could do for me, and it doesn't cost you any money because you're saying that you don't have any money to support your only Aboriginal church in Australia, is to connect me up with any other Aboriginal Christian you meet um, across the denomination. And still to this day, six years later, um, they've never connected me up with one single other Aboriginal person. And there's many within the denomination. And so I just follow Annie Jean's example, I think. And every time I go to a conference, I'll, I'll meet other Aboriginal Christians and connect them up with us. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Two very special guests with us today. One in the studio, one on the line. Auntie Jean Phillips, the 
the visionary behind the Grass Tree Gathering, is with me in the studio today. On the line, we've got Brooke Prentice, the Aboriginal spokesperson for Common Grace. We are talking through a significant issue, empowering the next generation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders. And you might like to contribute to our conversation. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. In fact, let's take a call. Brian is on the line from Geraldton in WA. Hello, Brian. Welcome along. Uh, good morning. Uh, I've just been listening to the program and it's very exciting to hear that people want to know more about the Christianity and what God is doing. And I just want to highlight two items that I feel may uh, help is that with Mullen, we went there to put in Vision Radio and God TV and that community changed. They socialised together and had a great time. Uh, no suicides in that community since that media has been running. And also with um, Nookumbar, we put in the uh, God TV into the church because uh, sometimes they didn't have a, a pastor there to assist them with their meetings. Mm. So they'd go and watch this Christian TV most, most of the day in that little church. So the media is another way of presenting the gospel and getting out to the people that you're trying to reach. And uh, one guy from um, Mullen, uh, Matthew, wanted to be a pastor. So he's been studying. He's been down to Perth in a Bible, co- Bible college and uh, he's now returned to a place called Christmas Creek, but there's another name for it, and I can't remember at the moment. But uh, he's very successful up there. We saw him when we saw a God TV into his house in Christmas Creek last year, and uh, we're going back again in June of next year to finish that mission and also go back to see the people that we've set up with uh, Vision Radio and Christian TV and see how they're responding to what they've uh, listened to over the period uh, since I've had that unit installed. Well, Brian, just uh, great for you to have called in and to have reminded us of some of those significant things that have happened in uh, those remote communities in Western Australia. And you mentioned Mullen and Christmas Creek and uh, various ones there. And you've been a part of those installations of uh, Vision Radio and also God TV, as you say. And and the arrival of that level of Christian media has made a, a significant difference. I wonder, I'll get to bring Brooke in here. Brooke, uh, I mean, this is just a wonderful, in some sense, fulfilment of uh, an opportunity here where you've got uh, Christian media into uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities and uh, now we have an opportunity to have you as our guest and speaking to those communities. I wonder whether there is some reflection from your side uh, about that, that situation where you've got an opportunity to speak. Yeah, I mean, that's just um, wonderful. And, you know, as we're hearing that story of that pastor, you know, to go through Bible college um, you, as an Aboriginal Christian, you could be the only one in that Bible college. Um, so, uh, you know, it's another isolating experience. So hopefully that pastor's listening and knows that he's not alone, that um, there's many of us out there uh, and, you know, would love to um, connect up and, um, you know, maybe Vision Radio uh, in the future and God TV can help us to bring more Aboriginal Christian leaders together through the Grass Tree Gathering uh, because, yeah, it's it's really important and, you know, it's... Um, it, 
you know, we talked, uh, we just heard a little bit about suicides and, uh, you know, some of the remote communities have huge amounts of um, suicide, uh, as well as our capital cities, uh, you know, and especially our, our children. We have the highest rate of child suicide in the world um, here in Australia with Aboriginal children, and it, it's devastating. So whatever can help to break down that isolation. Um, so we're talking about the grass tree gathering. We're talking about um, the radio and the God TV uh, they're awesome initiatives and we just need to continue uh, to break down that isolation and bring people together. Okay, and Brian from Geraldton, who I might say was not set up to be a part of the conversation, <laughs> but Brian, I want to thank you so much for calling in and being a part of it and just reminding us of significant things that happen when the gospel comes into communities that have had serious, serious issues. There is a couple of websites we've been talking about, grasstreegathering.org.au, for those who want to connect with the Grass Tree Gathering. And also there's a Common Grace website, commongrace.org.au. Before we take any more calls, and the talkback line open on 1-800-316-316, you can also leave a comment or a question on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. I want to say uh, something particularly important uh, when we talk about the empowerment of Christian leaders. And Auntie Jean informs me, and you could call this a fun fact, and you could think it was trivial, but I don't think it is. The fact that most Aboriginal people in ministry have never worked on a wage Uh, Auntie Jean, uh, you've been in ministry for 60 years and you share that fact with me that most Aboriginal people have never been on a wage. If people know of Aboriginal leaders in Australia, they're Aboriginal leaders who have lived by faith. Uh, How significant is it, uh, this idea that Aboriginal leaders have not been held back even though they haven't had the resources? They've had a commitment to the gospel. They've had a commitment to their people. And um, I want to admire many of those people. Many of them have gone home to glory now. But they've, like most of us, have never, ever been on a wage. And we've just sort of lived by faith and um, did lots of walking. We had no vehicles, and some of them still don't have vehicles. Um walk perhaps an extra mile to save uh, that dollar so that they could um, live in a cheaper way or to be able to buy food, lots of things like that. And the fact is I think that the Australian church have taken Acts chapter 1 and verse 8 and turned it right around and have gone to the utmost parts of the earth, and that's good, with their thoughts and their prayers and their giving at the expense of Aboriginal people and especially the Aboriginal Christians. And I want to say, too, that that's also affected a lot of their own health. Okay. Look, it's so significant because when we talk about empowering Aboriginal Christian leaders, uh, we started off by talking about the common sense idea of bringing people together, having a gathering. And you share, and it's almost like dropping a bombshell, and because we all think that somehow or other that people who are in ministry, and the Apostle Paul 
Uh, he defends this idea that if you are a minister of the gospel, uh, and uh, he does talk about, you know, when times are good, it's good, and times are bad, it's bad, you just keep going. But he does say that the minister of the gospel is worthy of being paid. And uh, you share that very significant thing. Brooke Prentice, uh, what are your thoughts on that idea, that if you're going to empower a new generation of Aboriginal leaders, somehow or other there has to be a better resourcing, whether it comes from the church or whether it comes from people who are a part of a movement who are supporting those leaders to do what they do best. Uh, Brooke, your thoughts on on the fact that Aboriginal people do, uh, in most cases, work without a wage? Yeah, well, um, when I started coordinating the grass tree gathering in 2013, I'm actually a chartered accountant by profession, one of only 30 Indigenous degree qualified accountants in all of Australia. Um, and those of us with a postgrad, there's a handful. Um, so I play a unique sort of role. And when I took on the grass tree gathering, I thought it would be really easy. And I'd ring up the major denominations and say, can you send me your um, five Aboriginal Christian leaders and help to sponsor them to come to grass tree? And what I found is they didn't know who their Aboriginal Christian leaders were. And so I'm like, what is the problem here? And the problem was um, partly it's because they're not in paid employment with the churches. Um, and, you know, that was then mine. Once they um, the church defunded the Aboriginal church, I went back into accounting work to fund my ministry. Um, but not all of our Aboriginal Christian leaders have um, that available to them. And so most of them are volunteers. And when we look at grass tree, 50% of those Aboriginal Christian leaders are in voluntary positions. Um, you know, I can share the stories from uh, the people from the remote communities in the Northern Territory that we have come to Grass Tree. They're all on their basics card from the intervention, but they're doing full-time ministry, but they're not getting supported in their ministry financially. Because when Aboriginal people, 58% of Aboriginal people in Australia live in poverty, so we can't be expected to fund our own ministries. There has to be a different model. And Arnie Jean was saying before about supporting overseas mission, and we're not saying stop that, but we have to give back to the Aboriginal Christian leaders who've dedicated their lives to sharing the gospel um, and to, uh, you know, connecting up with one another and uh, to, you know, reaching out our hand of friendship to non-Aboriginal Christians so that they can understand their place uh, in this land that we now call Australia. And so, you know, someone like me who's been able to have employment, um, very senior finance roles in big businesses across Australia, I look at what happens in the church and that, you know, there's, uh, I haven't had the churches knocking on my door for paid employment. Um, I went up to Western Cape York to support some Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander younger Christian leaders up there. But the church couldn't pay me a wage. Um, and so if I wanted to go up there and stay permanently, I had to find funding somewhere. And that's just crazy in 2018 when you have people willing to serve the Lord, um, serving the Lord with everything that they have in their being, uh, because it's important for our communities, our peoples and all peoples, non-Aboriginal peoples too, that we can share with them. Uh, I just find it 
insane in 2018. So we have to think of a different model. And that's what happened with the Aboriginal church I was running. They said, Brooke, so what you're telling me is that this church can never be financially self-sufficient. And I said, no, not when 58% of my people live in poverty and when 100% of this congregation live in poverty. Um, So we really have to think about um, the different models. And, you know, there is no excuse. Any Christian organisation in Australia today, if you have an Aboriginal program, so I'm talking about parachurch organisations, if you have an Aboriginal program, there is no... Um, it does not make sense that you would have any non-Aboriginal person in those positions. One of the best ways of empowering us is to employ us. Uh, And so, you know, that's a message for all Christian organisations out there. If you have Aboriginal programs and you've got non-Aboriginal people, you need to reassess your programs. Well, Brooke, what you and Auntie Jean share, I'm sure, is striking a chord in the hearts of so many listeners who would recognise Uh, The very fact that you have mentioned, and just to reflect on that just for another moment, uh, that if you have an Aboriginal ministry through your local church, unless you have someone who's on the payroll, someone who's earning a wage, somehow or other they are not going to be recognised unless they are on the payroll, and there's a a real challenge there. Uh, Look, we're taking calls, and time is short. Let's uh, take some quick calls, and we'll get some quick responses, but let's uh, get a call from... From uh, from Eugene, who is in Perth. Hello, Eugene. Welcome along. Eugene, are you with us? Eugene, you might like to call us back. Um, uh, thank you for, uh, for for being so patient. Although uh, obviously you might not have been able to be as patient as uh, as waiting that little extra time. Let's hear from Jenkins in Broome in far northwest WA. Hello, Jenkins. Welcome along. Hey, how are you doing? Very well. What are your thoughts? Uh I'm actually uh, I'm actually running a church here uh, with a uh, hundred percentage completely indigenous people, and uh, we had a calling from to Broome from so we moved we left our church in Victoria and we we came over here, and uh, I'm, we both me and my wife are nurses and uh, so we as uh, Auntie Brooke was talking about uh, how we have to self self fund yourself, and uh, so that's what we are actually going through we uh, we self fund ourselves mainly the. Uh, the thing I wanted to ask is uh, how I'm, I come from a background from India, so I had a calling to come to Broome when I when I was in Victoria. So uh, how, as a Christian minister and non non Indigenous Christian minister, how I can connect with uh, Indigenous pastors mainly? So uh, that's that's what my question was. Okay, well, let's hear from Auntie Jean. Uh, when you're an Indian, uh, non-Indigenous, pastor in the Christian Church, uh, really, uh, how do you connect with Aboriginal people? Auntie Jean. I think one of the best ways is to get to know some of our Aboriginal Christian leaders, and you've got quite a number of them over there in the Perth area. There is also another big Christian organisation, which was founded by myself and Pastor David Kirk. It's called the Aboriginal Evangelical Fellowship, and it's a very big Aboriginal Christian organisation. They meet at Port Augusta, every two years, and they'll be meeting over there in January, and they have hundreds of Christians. Um, And uh, maybe you could get in touch with them. I'm sure you'd find them through the Aboriginal Evangelical Fellowship. Uh, Reverend uh, Neville Naden heads that up now. 
but he also works with Bush Church Aid, which is part of the Anglican Church, Pastor Ray Minicon in uh, Sydney. Uh, they're all key people. And um, I think it would be good for you to go and meet with them too and in, not only enjoy fellowship but learn more about Aboriginal issues and how to get involved in running a church. One of the things that we need to uh, recognize, we need to empower so many more of our people. Australia's uh, sad to say, and without being too critical, they just don't understand and don't realize that our people have got the gifts that God has given to them. And people like Pastor David Kirk, who's in heaven now, been one of our greatest Christian leaders. You got past um, uh, one of the Lutheran men up in far north Queensland. One of the sad things in this country is that none of our pastors, especially the elder ones, have never ever been invited to speak at any conventions in this country. And I believe that the church is all the poorer for not hearing from these godly men, and they were godly men. Many of you perhaps have seen Stan Grant on TV. Stan Grant comes from one of the finest Christian families, friend. His grandfather and uncles, they were godly people, great Bible teachers. But the Christian church have never ever heard of them, never ever met them or heard of them. And it's very, very sad. So we've got these people around. Some of them are still around and some are still living. And so get to know the Aboriginal Christian pastors and you'll find them in all the denominations, whether it's Baptist or Anglicans or Uniting Church. They're there, even though a lot of them are not resourced, and, but they're still there with those churches. Uh, Jenkins, we've got you on the line still. Uh, there is an issue here, isn't it? The tyranny of distance in Australia. And when Artie Jean says there's this gathering in Port Augusta, uh, we're talking about how do you get from Broome in Western Australia easily and inexpensively to Port Augusta in South Australia or or if you're talking about far north Queensland, uh, just bringing everyone together is a huge expense and uh, a challenge on its own. But Jenkins, does it strike a chord with you that somehow or other, in order to connect with these Christian leaders, there has to be a lot of travel involved? Uh, it has to, especially if you live in Broome. Uh, nothing is cheap here. <laughs> so uh, I need to travel a lot if I need to do it. Uh, you know, to be honest, uh, uh, at my church, uh, which I'm running now, I had to go and pick up people on our own. So uh, we had to uh, pay for the tax. What we're doing is we pay for the taxi or every week and go and pick up people for church. And uh, so even even to bring a guest speaker to Broome is very costly. I know uh, even if, if people have to have a convention or something, uh, we have to uh, we can't afford so much money because we are self-funded. And uh, the distance is very, very hard, and uh, there's so much traveling involved as well. Okay, well, Jenkins, thank you so much for your input today. Uh, just great to connect with you. And, uh, you know, uh, my prayer is that you'll be able to get that connection with those Christian leaders, uh, even as Auntie Jean says. And she mentioned the Aboriginal Evangelical Fellowship. It is big, it is substantial, and they do wonderful work. Uh, Jenkins from Broome in WA, thank you so much for your call. Uh, let me come to Brooke here. Uh, Brooke, when we start hearing about this sort of thing, that Aboriginal leaders don't get invited to speak at conventions, uh, conferences. We're talking about, you know, every uh, major denomination will have its own national and state conferences, and there's no invitation there that's coming to Aboriginal leaders. When Auntie Jean says 
the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and those gifts, and we can look at Ephesians chapter 4, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Well, these gifts are also active in Aboriginal communities. What happens in your heart when you hear that somehow or other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders are being left out of some of the major denominational gatherings? Oh, it breaks your heart. Um, you know, um I was at one of these big Christian conventions with Auntie Jean and we were having a yarn with um, some non-Aboriginal people about this fact that this convention had never invited an Aboriginal speaker. And one of the people said, well, none of you have written a book, so how could you expect to be able to be a guest speaker? Okay. <laughs> and I just went, um, people don't understand the barriers there are. Like, how do I approach a publisher to get my book published if I was going to write a book? Um, where do I get the resources? Who's going to support me in my time off to write that book? Um, so there's a whole other level of resourcing that, that has to happen. But, you know, that's that's crazy. If um, You know, we just want the invitation. And enough of us are well-known enough to be able to be speaking at these conferences. Uh, so, you know, I mentioned before Surrender, um, and I'm sure Annie Jean would agree, Surrender is the only Christian conference, and I know pretty much all of them, um, that gives an equal platform to Aboriginal Christian leaders. They give us the whole Saturday night, all through their program. Um, they're running workshops led by Aboriginal Christian leaders. Uh, so it's an amazing example of what can can happen and surrender doesn't have a huge budget either uh and so a lot of these big christian conferences have huge budgets i mean even you know coming from my experience of running the aboriginal church sometimes i didn't have enough money to pay for photocopying i would ask um some of the non-aboriginal churches if they would donate their kids coloring in um this is in a in a, in a capital city this isn't remote <laughs> australia um and you know, I just wanted leftover colouring ins donated to us. But you look at some of these Christian conferences and the amount of money they spend on promotional, um, coloured, mm. glossy things. Uh, you know, we understand as Aboriginal Christian leaders the importance of utilising God's resources very wisely. We're great stewards of our resources. Um, and so, you know, to be able to have us be a guest speaker uh, at some of these conferences would be amazing. There's one being held here in Queensland um, shortly, and they've got a non-Aboriginal person speaking about Aboriginal issues at this big gathering of, I think there'll be 400 people there. And it's like, well, you have two amazing Aboriginal Christian leaders here who could run that workshop and be given that time, but it's given to another non-Aboriginal person. Uh, and so it just... It breaks your heart because we do have all of these giftings and, and skills within our own um, context. And if we are truly to build the kingdom here in Australia, uh, the Australian church and the church organisations, Christian organisations, need to embrace our leadership. And that's how we will we'll grow together. Uh, look, we are running out of time and uh, there is no doubt so much we can talk about on another day. And uh, let's make a, a loose plan here into the not very distant future to have you both back again to talk through some of these issues and to get into, you know, I thought we might even be talking about some controversial things today. And the most controversial thing that we're talking about is the neglect that has been shown to Aboriginal people 
and the lack of resource that will enable a leadership to grow and to be an influence in this nation. And uh, if there are those who are listening who have caught something from today's conversation, uh, you will know that there is something very significant we've been talking about. I mean, the whole concept of us talking about uh, the topic today of empowering the next generation of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders, if you've picked up some of those things, if you're going to have leaders gathering together to grow together and to be able to strategize and to be able to encourage one another, you have to be able to gather and it's going to happen at certain gathering points. When we talk about the grass tree gathering, such a powerful initiative that certainly requires support. And if there are Aboriginal people within your congregation, wherever you're listening all around Australia, this is a time to be thinking about how you can get those leaders to those gatherings like the Grass Tree Gathering. When we talk about things that are involving hospitality, I mean, just a wonderful way of bringing people together. Getting a pastor on wages. When you hear of the tragedy that there is of Aboriginal leaders never being recognised because they're never on a wage in their Christian church. I mean, uh, let that sink in uh, a little. And this idea of having an Aboriginal pastor come to speak at your conference, and perhaps for uh, major denominational churches, certainly a note to make. But also the idea of enjoying the presence of an Aboriginal minister who will be in those giftings, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor and teacher for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, uh, the opportunity to invite one of those to your local church or to your town gathering or to ecumenical gatherings will be a very powerful thing in in involving an empowerment for those uh, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Christian leaders. I'm just uh, overwhelmed almost by uh, just wonderful things being shared today. Auntie Jean Phillips, the visionary behind the Grass Tree Gathering, uh, and also Brooke Prentice, the Aboriginal spokesperson for Common Grace. Now, they're already something in the vicinity of 40,000-plus Australian Christians who are passionate about Jesus and justice. Let me give those two websites as we close our conversation today, grasstreegathering.org.au and commongrace.org.au so that's grasstreegathering.org.au and commongrace.org.au Auntie Jean, let's have the last word from you. I just want to uh, invite people to a dinner that I have and that that dinner is 26 years of uh, 26 years old it's on the first Saturday of August which is a week from this Saturday at St Andrew's Anglican Church South Brisbane 26 years it's been running And I want to say that no Christian ministry gets a cent from the government. And this is like a, not only a fundraising, it's more than that. It's bringing together Christians so that we can get to know each other and to journey together. And I want to thank the Reverend Alan Moore from St. Andrew's Anglican Church, but also the many people that have supported that, uh, that dinner over the years, 26 years. So come along. It's only just donation at the door, but it's a wonderful gathering and you'll hear more about Aboriginal Christian ministry, not only with Aboriginal people, but the non-Aboriginal people who've come on the journey with us. 
I want to invite you to come on the journey with us. Okay, so for those listeners, primarily in Brisbane. Uh, Brisbane, southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales, uh, easy driving distance. But there might be listeners who are so inspired they want to in, uh, they want to uh, uh, coincide a visit perhaps to Queensland to maybe be at your gathering. Uh, to both of you, uh, Auntie Jean, and also to Brooke Prentice, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on Twenty Twenty. Thank you, Brooke. Thanks so much for creating this space and inviting us and having a yarn. Thank you so much, Auntie Jean. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.